At Eastern Bank, we believe that growing business should also grow the community. That's why we work to give all business owners what they need to take their dreams to the next level. Our dedication to small businesses and communities has inspired us to create the Equity Alliance for Business program and become the number one SBA lender in Massachusetts for 15 years running. We're proud to be here for all businesses, big and small. See the good we can do for you by visiting easternbank.com slash business. Member FDIC. Welcome to Say More from Boston Globe Opinion. I'm Shirley Leung. Kara Swisher will always remember the skeptics. The ones who told her back in the 90s that she was wasting her time on this emerging thing called the Internet. The ones who dismissed the web as a Ponzi scheme and compared it, not favorably, to CB radio. Of course, Kara proved all of them wrong. The internet would soon revolutionize every aspect of our lives. Her foresight about that, together with her sharp analysis and innovative spirit, have made her an A-list tech journalist and media entrepreneur for the past two decades. She built a successful events business. Without further ado, let's bring out the Steve I think you all are here to see. Steve Jobs. She became a go-to expert for the media on all things tech. Twitter seems like a hot mess. What happened? I'm sort of surprised by the casual cruelties, the kind of chaotic, chaos monkey kind of behavior. I've never seen anything like it, actually, in my covering of all of Silicon Valley for 25 years. And she reinvented herself as one of the country's top podcasters. She now hosts the show On With Kara Swisher and co-hosts Pivot with Scott Galloway. This is On With Kara Swisher and I'm Kara Swisher. Name is out this so what does Kara make of the moment we're in today, with big tech under fire like never before, social media in upheaval, and AI promising to disrupt just about everything? If you know anything about Kara, it won't surprise you that she has big takes on all of this. Here's my conversation with Kara Swisher. Kara, welcome to Say More. Thanks for having me. So you may not remember this, but you and I, our paths crossed in the late 1990s. Mm -hmm. We were both in the California Bureau of the Wall Street Journal. You were in San Francisco. I was in L.A. Mm -hmm. Ah. Back when they had those regional editions. And I remember you were in San Francisco covering the early days of the Internet. I mean, you were Kara Swisher covering, uh, you know, the rise of the Internet. Kara Swisher. (laughs) (laughs) The rise of the Internet and big tech and... um, Mm -hmm. And do you remember a little bit about those days, those early days? Oh, yeah, a lot. I've written a whole book about it <laughs> right. just recently. So, yeah, I just finished my memoir, so I, I remember a lot about it. You know, I started at the journal when they didn't have anybody covering the Internet, and they thought the Internet was a Ponzi scheme. So most of the reporters there did, including especially the Los Angeles reporters who were sort of enamored with the media companies. They thought it was not going to go anywhere, the whole thing. The Internet was... You know, they didn't make money at the time. There was a lot of question about the technology. Obviously, people had started to use computers. That was, you know, prevalent, but it wasn't everywhere. And if you recall, nobody had phones. You know, there was cell phones were were not for a while. You know, they just thought it was a nothing burger, essentially. And why did you think, how did you know, you know, this group of tech companies, it was going to be something big? It was going to go somewhere. Why did you think that? I was at the newspaper and I was covering retail and that was dying because, you know, Walmart actually had displaced most of the local retailers in Washington. And so I spent a lot of time covering the death of retail because of 
the technology that Walmart brought to bear. So I saw what happened when a company that was oriented toward technology, which Walmart was, went up against regular retailers. And so I just started paying attention. I was like, wow, that's interesting that the, the differentiator for Walmart, not just the superstores, was they knew everything about the data of their customers. And, you know, I had been interested in technology a little bit around the edges. I had a K-Pro. I had a, a Trash 80. What, what? It's called a K-Pro. I, I explain <laughs> it in my book. You're gonna, it, was, it was a suitcase computer, essentially. Okay, a suitcase computer. Okay. I just started messing around with it. And I was at Duke for a fellowship. And they had a, you know, a computer lab and I downloaded a book onto a computer and I thought it was the biggest thing ever. It was a cartoon collection. And I kept saying, it's, this is, I just downloaded a book onto my computer. I can see it. And I kept saying that to people and people were like, so what? You can just buy the book. I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to buy the book anymore. And so I had the revelation that like, it was another big, you know, just like the telegraph or the television or radio or whatever or even, you know, the Gutenberg Bible, essentially, the printing press, that this was a moment. And I kept saying everything's going to be digitized. It's all ones and zeros. And I don't think anybody paid attention. And and I was like, if you can do a book, you can do a song, you can do, like, ev everything can be digitized, like everything, and communications. And the newspaper was, was my focus. And I was like, well, all this uh, display advertising is dying and the classifieds will now die. And I was like, oh, what's going to happen to newspapers if display advertising, largely because of Walmart was dying, then classifieds would die. And then subscriptions, why wouldn't people read it online? If they, why would they get a newspaper? You know, it was, I just kept thinking like that and nobody paid attention to me. And and then the second thing that happened was I got, I, I, I found a, uh, they had a suitcase telephone, a mobile telephone at the post, just one or two, or maybe just one. And I kept taking it and using it. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. You're going to move around. Like, why am I here at the, in the office? I hate the office. And why shouldn't I be moving around in my life? Why shouldn't everyone be wireless? And, you know, I was a student of history and you could see, you could just see it. And I started covering AOL for the Post. That's what I really started when I got to it really the penny dropped. And luckily for me, I started writing about it. And there was all kinds of PSINet and all these companies in Washington because there was a hub of the internet. And so I was in the right place at the right time. And then the minute I did that, I started meeting everybody. Right. There wasn't very many people. So let's go back to media disruption for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, th I find the media industry confusing. I mean, there's the fall of BuzzFeed, you know, Vice News is, is mm -hmm. you know, in trouble. You know, other digital media companies are also kind of, you know, flopping. But then you have an old standby like the New York Times. I mean, it's, it's more than just hanging on. It, I mean, some people may say it's, it's actually thriving now. I mean, well, you know, I mean, for the most part. It doesn't make that much money. It, you know it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't. But Look at their numbers. It's, it's very powerful. I think I love the New York Times. I think they fully embraced digital. That's why they fully, they fully did. embraced digital. So where do you think media is heading right now, media and journalism? Well, I have never thought newspaper delivery was a particularly good way to deliver information to people. You know, I think this has been a slow-moving thing that's been happening, but obvious to one and all is that consumers go where consumers want to go. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, consumers are always right, and they, they know what they want. And it's not that people don't want to read. It's not that there's not an interest in news. It's just people's consumer habits have changed, and they have embraced... Uh, getting their information digitally. It's not that complex for any of these things. It's the same thing with streaming. It's the same thing with music. 
problem you have is that during these times of shift, the economics are very uncertain, right? How do you make money? How do you change the cost structure? How do you do this? And so you have a cost structure of an old system in place that doesn't pay for the new system. Mm -hmm. Like what's happening in Hollywood right now with the writers and the, the, the studios, it's not a fight between them and the studios. It's a fight between them and tech. So you're a big user of social media, whether it's on X, you know, whatever we're calling it now, or and mm -hmm. or Threads. I see mm -hmm. you on Threads, and we're in this huge moment of uncertainty with Twitter. I mean, you know, we have Twitter imploding, we have Meta trying to take its place, and we have mm -hmm. disinformation all over the place. That's not new. But where do you think social media is headed? I think it's imploding. I think it's exploding. I guess not imploding. It's going all over the place now. And I think it's it's losing, just like everything else, it's losing its luster, right? It was interesting yeah. and manic, but now it's sort of toxic and gross. And uh, I do like threads. I do. I can't stand Mark Zuckerberg's stuff, but, you know, but I, I like him personally. He's a very nice man. Why do you like threads? Because it's well done. It's well done. I think I can see where it's going. I can, this. I'm now I'm going on a limb saying this. I think it's well done. I think it's going the right places. I do. And I believe me, I think inside of Facebook, I'm, I, I'm given to understand there. I can't believe I'm positive toward them. Uh, but I am. So do you think, I mean, I, I guess is social media, is something going to replace it or is it just going to be very different landscape? I think it's just going to be different. I think it's just different. That's all. Um, and so I don't think that that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just, look, Twitter has shot itself in the foot over and over again, pre-Elon and post-Elon really quite a lot. There's no more toes left. <laughs> But it, it never was a very good business. Like from a, if you just looked at the the, the financials, yeah. terrible business. It was a terrible stock. It was a terrible business. It made all kinds of errors. It was a bad technology. Yeah. And then he got it. And now he's made it worse, which I did not think possible. I mean, do you think it's going to run? He's going to run it into the ground. Well, he's the richest man in the world. He doesn't have to. Like he doesn't matter. It's like a guy who's the rich guy. He can have his stupid town. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like he can have it because he's rich. And so. I mean, you're still on it, though. You're still on Twitter. I only go there to insult Elon. That's my whole time. And that's <laughs> enjoyable to me or one of his minions or something. It just day after day, it's one stupid thing after the next. And ultimately, he can keep it going as long as he wants until he wants. So does any social any of the social media platforms, I mean, do they still have value? Well, look, Twitter, he paid $44 billion, which was never worth. And now it's worth, I don't know. I don't know. What I mean, not, not that kind of stock value, but right. value to users. No, I don't think, I think it's still small. Look at the numbers. It's not yeah. that big. It's just not that big. And what Facebook about, is big. yeah, but what about threat? Like, like, I guess, well, any, yeah, is, is it, 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 it started, yeah. it got a ton of people yeah. It had the fastest run up and then it'll drop off and then people will decide they like it or not. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't, I think, you know, there's a lot of people over at Blue Sky, they like it. Mm. Uh, there's posts, there's tons and tons of stuff. Yeah. And I think people will define their communities. You'll go where you like, like, yeah. every, like you do in life, like you yeah. do in life. You don't have to have a central public square. And I really don't like the idea of public square, because there's no such thing. In life, there isn't a public, there's a place. Does, is there a place everybody goes in San Francisco? No. Yeah. Is there a place everybody goes in Boston? No. Yeah. Like, no. no. That's true. That's true. It's such a stupid, like, tech person's version of life. It's just not so. I mean, a lot of people, you know, there, there's trolls on social media. There's a lot of disinformation. Uh -huh. But I mean, do you think the negative consequences of, of social media outweigh the benefits? I don't know. I just it's like life, right? Like, it, I just think the trolls and people like Donald Trump or Elon himself get a lot of attention on these sites, largely because the media is like entranced by it. But I think it's it's good and bad, like a lot of things like technology is a tool or a weapon, depending on how you use it, right? You can use 
Facebook Live as something cool and you meet lots of people, or it could be like uh, someone straps a GoPro on their head and kills people. That, that's happened. Both of those things have happened. And so any, one of the things that I always like to say is someone recently, everyone's all exercised about AI. And I see that I understand. I've talked to everybody about the warnings and the good parts and this and that. And I'm not scared of AI. I'm scared of people who use AI. Mm. I'm scared of people. That's who I worry about is any manipulative, malevolent powers that are going to take these things and turn them into a weapon and they do they will and they do and they always do whether it's a knife a knife is a very useful thing it's also can kill people and so that's how i look at it and i think my issue with the tech industry is they never anticipate the killing part or the weapon part they just think of it as a tool and they don't understand what humans do when they get a hold of all these powerful uh, things more of my conversation with kara swisher after a quick break At Eastern Bank, we believe in good business. That's why we provide clients with a suite of products and services made to take their businesses to the next level. From express business loans to seamless cash management solutions, we make it easy to grow when the time is right. As a trusted full-service bank and the number one SBA lender in Massachusetts for 15 years running, we understand what you need to keep your business thriving. See the good we can do for you by visiting easternbank.com slash business. Member FDIC. In late 2007, the remains of a young woman from the Casca Nation were discovered in the Yukon woods. I always think about, I want to know what really happened. So I travel north to try to understand what happened and who was involved. It's a pretty big risk to come forward with the information that I have. I'm David Ridgen, and this is Someone Knows Something, Season 8, The Angel Carlick Case. Available now. You were there at the beginning of the internet, and, and now mm-hmm. you've got this another kind of front row seat to this major mm-hmm. turning point with AI. Another turning point. Another yeah. turning point with AI and, and chat GPT. So I, I need you to tell me, should I be nervous or excited? Um, both, 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 both. I don't know. I don't know. It depends on how the government, you know, deploys it. Should you be scared about nu- nuclear energy? Kind of interesting, intriguing new things happening in that area bombs not so good right you know very different go watch oppenheimer it's terrifying um so i I just think it's it's a question of how much our government is going to intervene in terms of regulation which it never has done with the internet this is the first industry and the most successful industry in the history of the world at this point the richest people on the planet to ever exist on the planet no regulation now you can't say that about Wall Street, even though there's yeah. all, and there's all, still all kinds of problems. You can't say it about pharmaceuticals. There's still all kinds of problems. Unfettered ability to do whatever you want. And that's my worry is that the government's not going to get in there and do. And I'm not a big fan of regulation, but I'm certainly a fan of some regulation. And so <laughs> so that's my issue is that yeah. is the government going to get in there? Are people going to are the tech companies once again going to suck up all our information and our data and sell it back to us, our own, sell our, sell our own selves back to us over and over again. And, and why do you think we, we as a society or government, why, did we, why do you think we failed to regulate technology when we have so many uh, guardrails around banking and other industries? Cars, everything. Um, because, um, because one is that they act like they're the magicians of the age, right? They're the alchemists of the age. And we're like, oh, look at them. They're so much smarter than they are. They're not. They're not. And two, they're very rich. They have an ability to lobby and 
control things. And rich people have been the same since the beginning of time. You know, like William Randolph Hearst, the railroad barons, they all they all act the same way. But they just happen to be wearing T-shirts. And so they're they seem benign, but they're not benign. They're not. They're rich people. And rich people always want to hold on to their money. It's just it's not all rich people. There's a lot of good rich people. It's I, I'm not one that likes to be like, oh, billionaires should be you know, should be pilloried. But in general, power likes to hold on to power. And mm -hmm. they do That's right. until the next power, right? right? It's, you know, it's a history of the Roman Empire, everything. I just I was I'm always like worried about power in the hands of too few people. And yeah. again, the same thing around taking Donald Trump off of uh, Facebook and the rest of them. It's like, well, one person made that decision. Are you good with that? Are you good with that? Like, I don't know. I'm good with the decision, but I don't know if I'm good with a few people being in power that are unaccountable, unelected. And as much as our public officials embarrass us on a daily basis, they were elected, right? They were elected. Okay. That's us making a decision. Maybe we were manipulated into electing them. Maybe, maybe, you know, soft money, whatever, but we, they were elected compared. No one elected Mark Zuckerberg or anybody else. Yeah. I mean, how confident are you that government will regulate AI and, t and big, big tech? I'm not. You're not. They haven't. They, well, no, they a, haven't. A, a, they haven't. AI has been a really interesting thing because I think they're they're aware. I've had more meetings with more big officials uh, than any any on anything because I've been I, I was sort of like the Cassandra about the other stuff, mm -hmm. and I was like, wow. And I'm less so about AI. I'm just like, hey, over here, you really need to pay attention to yeah. this. Um, and so that's I've had more meetings with the high ranking officials about this than anything else. Yeah. And I happen to live in Washington. So maybe yeah. that's the case. So how do we put guardrails? All kinds of things. What should we what are, what are the rules of the road here? Who what can they where are they getting the data? What are, are they are they plagiarizing it? Are they are they violating copyright? Should they get broad immunity that the original mm -hmm. Internet went? No. They should be able to be, I, you know, I don't love lawyers, but boy, they are effective in terms of we better not spill the chemicals into that river because we'll get sued, right? Mm -hmm. Now they still spill chemicals into that river, but they definitely have a, a governor on it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, should they be sued? Yes. If they cause harm? Yes. Like, you know, and that's the kind of thing we need. We need, like, we could all get together globally and say, okay, these can't be used in killer robots. Mm -hmm. Let's all decide right. that we don't want that. Let's all decide. Let's, what are the things we want to pick? How are we? What are we going to use them for? Should it be used for sentencing? Okay, let's let's make them transparent. Let's hmm. make the algorithm. There's all kinds of things we could do, but none of this is passed because no. of the money that tech huh. has, has. Like Amy Klobuchar was very far along with an antitrust bill, with the transparency bill. Like, anyway, they were far along, and they got she got kneecapped by the wow. tech industry. Wow. So um, you mentioned that you've just finished. You've just finished your memoir. Mm -hmm. I mean, writing yeah. a book seems seems very old school. So <laughs> I really didn't want to. I turned down every single. I had I had agents coming to me every single year. Write a Yahoo book. Write a Google book. Write a Facebook book. I was like, I literally can't stand these people on a daily basis. I'm not going to spend time writing a book about them. And so I turned it down. And then uh, my original editor for my first book on AOL, which I really did enjoy writing because nobody knew about the area. I wrote two yeah. books on AOL. Came to me the original original person who told me to write about the internet. He's now the head of Simon & Schuster. Can you please write your memoir? And oh, I'm wow. like, for you, I'll do it. Oh, and, wow. and, and then I want to write something else, which we're, I'm, I can't tell you what it is, but it's great. So, so I did it, and it's actually pretty funny. It's really <laughs> funny. It's funny. You're known for your strong opinions about mm -hmm. many of the tech titans you've mm -hmm. you know, 
talked about it earlier. So, um, so I want to ask you: Are there are are there any good people in tech right now? How funny you say that because uh, in the, my book, which is pretty tough on a lot of people, not everybody, uh, I have a I have a chapter called "Here's the People I Like," and so that's it's an entire chapter, and there's a lot of people in it. Is actually. it a long and, chapter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's long. It's not as long as the rest of it. Um, but you know, I really do like uh, Tim Cook. I liked I liked Steve Jobs. I, uh, I Tim Cook is the name. Apple Apple CEO. Apple CEO. Yeah. I like him. Cook. I think he's an, everyone I like has one thing in common: they're adults, and that's they act like adults. And so, they tend to be adults. That I I don't like fifty two year old toddlers. It's not really a favorite of mine. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of people I I like, and there's pieces of things I like of people. You know, uh, I. I do appreciate some of the quirkiness around the Google founders. I don't mm-hmm. like everything they've done. I think they're information thieves at the same time. I, it took a lot to make that. I, I always appreciate the product. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's where I tend to look at it. I'm like, huh, that was really cool or interesting or groundbreaking. So uh, you've been a, a, a serial entrepreneur. So what are there mm-hmm. projects beyond podcasts that you are, you might go into? Well, I've done live for years, and I just ended the code conference yeah. for me. For me, they're still doing it. Right. Um, but I did 20 years of really spectacular events, mm-hmm. real, and they made a ton of money. And I just at 20 years, I was like, that's enough. I've done And everyone's like, how can you walk away? That's like, a long time for you, 20 is. years. That's right. Yes, exactly. So now I'm think, rethinking live events. I'm like, what is it? I, I think people huh. are desperate for community. They and are. so yeah. I'm thinking about... You know, you, you don't get it at work anymore. You definitely don't get it at church attendance is down. Um, what is what is the live event that would be appealing and impactful? I think I'm I'm sitting around thinking about what would I like, what would people like, what what are the elements? How do you, how big is it really? It doesn't have to be that big. Like I, I don't necessarily think of Las Vegas shows, but I'm like, what would hmm. would be like? I just went to the Taylor Swift show. She's an entrepreneur. Talk about an entrepreneur. Yeah, right, that woman's right. an entrepreneur, a hundred percent. So everything about it was excellent, and mm-hmm. every the feeling in the stadium was wonderful. The logistics were wonderful. She sang 44 songs. She sang them yeah. well. The costumes were great. The video was great. The technology use was thoughtful, huh. perfect, like flawless. And I kept, I, I've been thinking about it since the show and I was, everything, there wasn't a thing that was wrong with it. I'm really thinking hard about people who understand the assignment and what they're trying to do. And so I'm rethinking live events. Hmm. I don't think ballrooms full of people watching an interview is very interesting anymore. Not right. to me, at least. Right. Uh, so, so what is interesting? Well, how huh. would you like to see that a live event? And so I'm thinking about that or gatherings. I'm thinking a lot about television because everyone's written it off, and I'm I, I haven't. I I, oh, I, I like TV is, still. How does t- yeah. how does TV news how does TV news evolve? Oh wow. How do you do TV oh. news, and how do you make it interesting for young people? Um, I was it was really interesting because I just did uh, years ago. I did this PBS documentary. I was interviewed by a very good one, a Facebook one. Oh, this was uh, Frontline, probably. Frontline, yeah, yep. it was great. They did a great job. They're here what in a, Boston. What a, <laughs> yes, they are. I know, and I did it, and because I always thought I always thought a lot of their content, and uh, I I did it, and then they came back. They're doing one on Twitter now, and oh. so in the middle of it, we were doing the interview. My phone rang. My son called, and one of my kids. I have four kids, and he said, "Okay, can we talk, Mom?" And I said, "Oh, I'm doing this interview right now." Oh, and he goes, "Oh, who are you doing an interview with now?" And I said, "Oh, Frontline." He goes, "I love Frontline." I said, what do you like about it? He goes, oh, it's just so thoughtful. It's really well done. It's so informative. Put it on speaker because I was one of these people here that young people, he's 21 years old. I go, I didn't know you watched PBS. He said, what's PBS? Oh, Literally. wow. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. Wow. And I said, where, where do you listen to it? 
And he goes, YouTube. Yeah. I listen to it on YouTube. That's what my kids would say, too. They find everything on YouTube. Right. Yeah. So, and my other son listens to things on Reddit. A lot of Reddit yes. videos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the people in the room just were silent because PBS had been very resistant to put it on YouTube. Oh, wow. And I was like, look, look, it's not the content that's the problem. It's where you reach them. So what do you care where you reach them? He doesn't know what PBS is. So, so what? So what? So before we go... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm new at this podcast thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like I probably count the number of episodes on my hand so far that we've released. So any quick tips you have sure. for me? <laughs> First of all, say what you think. Don't hold back. Like ask the question and don't feel nervous about asking. If you're interested in it, it's interesting. Like don't do anything you're not interested in. Yes. Do things about you. Give parts of you to the listener. They want to know about you too. Yeah. Like I feel like nobody, like people know me and they know my kids. They know what I like, what I don't like. That's why they listen. And that's why they listen to you. That's why they listen to your podcast. That's they also right. disagree with me and yeah. I will disagree with them publicly. But they still listen to you. Of course, because it, it's a relationship. It's a long-term relationship. Ultimately, they have to like you yeah. or not, or hate will listen to you. Either way, it doesn't really matter. But, but you have to be interested in what you're talking about. And then the last thing I would say is know when it's over right? Know when it doesn't work for you or you're not good at it. Know when it's like, I'm tired and bored of this. I leave all the time and I don't think other people do. They stay somewhere hoping it'll get better. Yeah. I just think when it doesn't interest you and excite you, you don't do a good job. Like you can't, if you're not passionate about it. So we're real people. And so be real, be real. People appreciate that. All right. I like that. Be real. All right. Be real. Well, Kara, this has been a delight. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And good luck. I hope you have huge success. And Boston listeners, tell her what you think of her, too. Say More is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Anna Kusmer, with help from Scott Hellman, Jesse Remedios, Alexis Sargent, and Abby Knina. Our editor is Jim Dow. Our engineer is Ariana Martinez. Maggie Taylor is our marketing coordinator. Our music is from APM Music. If you like the show, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find us online at globe.com slash opinion. I'm Shirley Leung. Thanks for listening.